This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Tuesday, 3rd of January, 2023. And we have uh, markets coming online today for the, in the case of the U.S., uh, in the UK and a couple other geographies. Uh, Japan, though, still out overnight. They do not get back to business until uh, tomorrow. So kind of interesting in light of the big move in, in Japanese yen and, and quite a bit of volatility in Asian markets around that. It's hard to sort of know how much uh, stock to put in such a move when markets are not even open for trading there. I'll get to that later. So for now, I think it's it's not really much worth noting in terms of the U.S. market. We haven't opened again for the year in terms of the cash market. The future is opening overnight, a little bit higher, and then come back in uh, lower after a strong session, at least uh, the last time I looked at it this morning. Out in China, Hang Seng was uh, poking at the highest for the cycle there. Interesting to note that positivity, Peter, when you have, uh, as we mentioned yesterday as well, uh, the, at least the, the services, the official services PMI, was at that 41.6 reading. We know the huge impact that COVID is having, but people are really trying to look beyond that. And it's going to be a key factor this year. Yeah. And we had the, uh, what is it called? The Kaising um, Chinese PMI manufacturing print coming out overnight, uh, more or less in the, as expected, but it's still below 50. Uh, and that sort of indicated as the expansion. Level. And I think this is going to be key over the next three or four months. As China is reopening the country, you would like to see the PMI manufacturing beginning to, jump higher, at least I would argue for the equity sentiment in China, but also the commodity sentiment to remain positive. Um, we need to see that uh, that the reopening is following through on activity levels, basically. Yeah. And uh, just noting again, we've been churning in a range there on the S&P 500. I'm really looking at that 3780 level, uh, 61.8% retracement of the rally off the lows. And it's near the lows we've seen over the last couple of weeks of trading. So we'll look at that. But it does seem like the, there are some people trying to put on some trades here to start the year. I just mentioned the Japanese yen. We also have the Chinese renminbi surging a bit overnight uh, once again. Uh, the dollar was on its back foot. Now it's trying to uh, to come in a bit stronger this morning. I think that's interesting. And again, worth noting, you can look at slide five. Look at that yen strength across the board. There's so much anticipation. It really feels like the market is, is falling all over itself to front run a anticipated Bank of Japan policy shift. They did show that small shift, uh, which was not expected at all at the uh, December Bank of Japan meeting, and that has uh, speculators gunning for more. I think there'll be an inc incrementalist central bank this year, uh, so I don't think they're going to be sending out fireworks on, in terms of policy moves. Therefore, the uh, the scenario that only encourages this the end strength further is this disinflationary dip into a global recession. Uh, I don't really see a path for a tremendous uh, Japanese yen upside. So if we see uh, inflation coming in hotter, we see uh, yields persistently high. I think that starts at some point to push back quite strongly against this move. Uh, and our one of our theses is that uh, we think the U.S., for example, the U.S. economy is not going to do as poorly as many are fearing. And uh, as I mentioned to you, Ola, it feels like people have been re reading that latest Zoltan Posar piece about gold and and uh, and the petro yuan in China and getting a little bit excited about that. We're seeing some, quite some action in, in metals. And again, it's really hard to to sort of Help to, to know how much stock to put in these moves when they're occurring without the main um, global markets online. But what's your perspective here on on gold and silver as we're sort of seeing some, some pretty big activity here to start to start the year? Indeed, and uh, and first and foremost, the uh, the positive momentum has been carried over uh, to the first uh, first day of full trading, and uh, 
uh, that just makes me a little bit nervous. I, I'm not so nervous about the I think the the, the outlook for for the year in general, where, where we do see high metal prices, uh, both the industrial and precious. But but when it happens on the first day and on the first week, that's always a cause for concern because uh, then then we may get loaded up uh, a little bit too uh, too early on on the, these markets. And and I think the the key so far has been this uh, this dollar weakness against the yen. And as you mentioned, John, we're now seeing some of those gains uh, being reversed. We're also seeing the euro trading uh, down on a day. So far, that's actually impacted, uh, hasn't had a major impact on gold. But uh, I think we are we are at risk that the, this first move is, is a false move uh, because of the, the, the risk of the, the, the dollar strength that's coming in. We also have to remember there's a very uh, pent up uh, position or big position in the euro dollar if you look at the futures market it's the biggest uh, position in two years so there is a risk obviously some some short-term disappointment so uh, just keep an eye on that but uh, we did make it above uh, that 1843 level overnight in gold that's a 50 percent retracement of the sell-off we had last year but we are already meeting some uh, some trend line resistance at around 1850 that has held the market and i think in the short term there's probably a risk uh, if this dollar strength continues that we could see some some disappointments to the downside but but as i said generally we see the uh, direction uh, for the year uh, as being higher but obviously nothing ever goes in the straight line also just keep an eye on silver it is uh, doing what silver tends to do outperform gold when it rallies that basically means that the gold silver ratio is looking a bit feisty around that 7450 level if you do if you do break below that uh, then uh, then there could be some additional silver strengths but i think we just have to be a bit patient on that and if i should just finish off the the metal section, uh, John, just a, a quick look at copper. Uh, just like the other metals, we also opened up higher there. The market is obviously looking for for the China restart to uh, to have a positive impact. But I think we should just be a, a bit cautious there as well. Uh, there are some short-term headwinds. Uh, the, we had the IMF warning about growth in, in China this year. We have potentially a delayed start to uh, to uh, activity in China because the new year, Lunar New Year, starts already on January 23 this year. That could indicate potentially that some industries are just holding back uh, on their activities, just making sure that everyone is uh, getting, uh, well, trying to get safe through this this uh, virus outbreak. And then uh, we can see some activity pick up after the Lunar New Year. So I'm not... I'm, again, positive on copper, but I think, again, uh, I think we have to be a bit patient there. Yeah, and I think on uh, as regarding the dollar there, it is an interesting move today. The big test for the dollar here is going to be around, uh, you know, of course, how we do for this week on balance, but especially after those Friday, uh, that Friday jobs report for December and the ISM services as well. So I think we're going to have better bearings on where things are standing technically at the end of this week and as we trade into next week. I think you mentioned uh, next week as well. Uh, Peter, we do have a couple of earnings reports, but I think it may be uh, interesting to uh, to look at Tesla today. It's one of the most popular stocks to trade, if not the most popular stock to trade. And there was some news uh, overnight that their deliveries uh, fell short of, of expectations there in Q4. Yeah, they delivered 405, <clears throat> give or take, thousand vehicles in Q4, mostly Model 3 cars. And, and that was missing the estimates, which came in at just below one, 421,000. But the production hit almost 440 thousand and i think bloomberg have created this uh, chart so i hadn't uh i i was spared from recreating it uh or creating my own chart uh so courtesy of bloomberg of that you can see here the the gap between production and deliveries and that really dramatically expanded in in q3 and q4 we know there um there is a demand issue uh, out of the chinese market volkswagen recently said before christmas that uh they seeing the same pattern here in in europe very much the um the impact from high electricity prices and also, the 
high prices on batteries um, are making it very difficult for these EV makers to cut prices to stimulate demand even further. Actually, quite to the contrary, uh, last year Tesla raised prices several times, but at the end of the of the year in Q4, they had to put out these uh, discounts, heavy discounts, to lift the delivery numbers. Um, but if you look at the if you look at the delivery chart uh, put in in the lower left hand corner here, the red line is Tesla. I would say, John, I think you would agree that this is still pretty spectacular growth mm -hmm. rates and still keeping a, a very healthy distance on a relative number speaking to um, to Volkswagen, which is the green line. And then you have BMW down there at only 50,000 deliveries in, in, in Q3. And I was still struggling. I was updating this uh, this chart. A lot of the a lot of the Chinese EV makers are actually seeing flat numbers and are very low uh, numbers and then you have BYD, which supposedly is the biggest electric vehicle. They like to tout this headline, and Bloomberg has done the same. But it's they have a lot of hybrids, so I'm only tracking the 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 sure, the, the, the yeah. pure battery electric vehicles, and very few manufacturers are putting out these numbers because I think they are so uh, what is it dismal or humiliating to show these numbers. I was even trying to find them for uh, Mercedes Benz because you see a lot of battery electric vehicle Mercedes here in Denmark, and and Denmark is uh, the Danish market is very small. So if you see a lot of those in this area, then I suppose they have pretty okay numbers in Europe, but they're not they're not um, they're not splitting out those numbers yet. Just noticing, I was I was uh, you were saying there were some uh, you know, Skoda EVs that were, Skoda is a, a sub company of, of VW. Pretty impressive the specifics on those, the range and the price. I don't know if the tax incentive here is a little bit different, uh, or the taxing rate for EVs here uh, makes them relatively cheaper than ICEs and in other geographies, but it's, uh, I think they're coming on strong with some models. And as you mentioned, the, the number of models that VW has on offer is quite interesting and, and something to watch. And personally, I think this, uh, this e-buzz, uh, it seems like to me, the aesthetics of that will appeal a lot, especially in the American market. If they can get that right in terms of the marketing message and the range issue is something they can deal with, but uh, looking forward at 2023, it really looks like it's a massive year. Uh, for Tesla, if you think about the whole history of Tesla, the last few years it's about been ramping up. In the early days, it was that you know, can they even get the manufacturing right to ramp up production of this Model Three? They got that right. They've increased their deliveries to you know these these levels you're seeing now. But uh, it's a big year ahead. They have the Cybertruck that's uh, supposedly set up potentially for deliveries from the Texas Gigafactory, uh, whatever they call their assembly uh, line there. And in the second half of this year, they're supposedly working on some twenty five thousand dollar EV. I believe that when I see it. Uh, and then maybe I think the specifics of looking forward to future growth, the specifics maybe or prototypes maybe of this uh, semi is going to be very interesting uh, for that company. So it really does look like a very important year for for Tesla. It's a very important year and also to get the uh, the platform structure. How do you make an underlying platform where you can spin off a lot of new models? Because that increasingly will be the issue in terms of competition for Tesla. But they are growing fast. We have to acknowledge that. And the buildup I mentioned in terms of inventory, the, the the gap between the production and deliveries, we have to, of course, be transparent about this as well. Some of that could be related, as we talked about, Johnny, before you and I went into the studio. You have this U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, which creates this tax incentive tax credit if you buy an electric vehicle in the U.S., but it requires, as you said, that the car is manufactured in the U.S. So uh, and in, components. Uh, and so components. That, I don't know if there's all the components or the vast majority of the components. There's some component. They all have to be produced in the U.S. The entire sort of uh, value chain or, or the entire, the actual car itself has to be entirely made in the U.S. So that, yeah, that's the limitation, which I don't know. I don't know if Tesla is fulfilling that. No, and, and, and because of that tax credit, <laughs> it might be that a lot of U.S. consumers as well has postponed their, their purchase of an EV from you know Q4 to Q1. In terms of earnings, 
we mentioned the Walgreens uh, Boots Alliance pharmacy drug chain, whatever you call it, what do you want? Uh, we went over it yesterday in the, on the podcast, so go listen if you want uh, our views on on this uh, stock or why it is a very light uh, earnings calendar. Also, go and listen to our special editions. We went to the trouble to record six of these special edition podcasts at the end of last year. Everything from Peter's outlook on equities for the coming year, uh, or this year, <laughs> to Ola's outlook on the same for commodities. I had a long chat with Stan Jakobsen on his outlook. Uh, we did an Outrageous Predictions podcast, an Investor's Wishlist podcast, what the market wants, but what it may not get. And then for that final one of the year, the uh, Listener's podcast, which was a lot of fun to record, where we tried to address some of the questions you were interested in, in that having us discuss. All right, let's look at the uh, macro calendar. Not a lot to report relative to yesterday. We do have the uh, German December CPI number as we're watching for when inflation peaks in Europe. The core could be slow to peak there. Uh, and then we look forward to the rest of the week, especially with that Friday uh, jobs report out of the U.S. and the ISM services also up on the same day. And as I mentioned yesterday, I think I mistakenly called it the budget ceiling. Of course, there's nothing called the budget ceiling in the U.S. It's the debt ceiling. Uh, the new Congress meets in the U.S. Uh, starting today, so we need to watch out for the messaging around this whole issue from the GOP, how much they're willing to play this uh, brinksmanship around that issue for, and it would ha eventually brings uh, the whole negativity around that. The longer they play that, it also encourages the Treasury to draw down its account, and then once you get to the other side of it, it actually reduces liquidity as, as it has to build up its account again, uh, the U.S. Treasury. So uh, just something to keep on your radar there. Again, Wednesday's FOMC minutes, those tomorrow. I'm not expecting anything that's uh, market moving from that. So let's see uh, how the market starts to find its feet as we have the most important market, the U.S., coming online later today. And we'll see th where things stand tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.